Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Nothing irritates me more in American life than Bostonians who think they grew up in a major city. Boston is a regional regional city at best that finds itself in the national conversation by sheer force of obnoxious will. The question is not, is Boston comparable to New York City? The question is, is Boston comparable to Charlotte, North Carolina? Whoa! Are other, Whoa. Are other <laughs> regional cities... 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Welcome to 1978. It's nice to be back in 1978. It is nice to be back. I really think the Red Sox are going to pull it off this year. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm looking Uh, forward to the Boston Massacre. That's going to be a really, really good time for me. Little, little... Little is seventy eight Bucky Dent? Is that yeah. is that Bucky Dent? Oh yeah, indeed. We were, Yankees are fourteen games behind in August. Oh, oh golly! All right, I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought that up. Well, dude, I was ho- I was planning on it, but you just won- <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to fifty years of music with fifty year old white guys. Uh, ben, you're uh, in the islands right now. Yes, on vacation on the Georgia shore. Georgia Shore. Jeff, you're out in Berkeley. Sheltering in place for week number 706 in Berkeley, California. (laughs) Correct. And I am in Asheville. And hey, we are part of the Drive-In Podcast Network. So excited to be a part of this. Uh, I haven't heard any of the other podcasts yet, but by the time this drops, I will be a huge fan. uh, So we can talk about them for 1979. Well, great. Because I... um, I'll admit, I tried to find the Drive-In Podcast Network well, online okay. and okay. struggled to do so. So <laughs> we need to help them get the word out. So no, it, it, does, it doesn't exist yet. Oh, well, then I feel much better about the network yeah. that I joined. Because <laughs> right. I was like, did he put us in a dark web podcast network that I can't find? Like, so July, Excellent. Excellent. July 1st, uh, it will debut. I think folks are hearing this. I think it's July 8th for them right now. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun to, to be with those guys. And speaking of fun, I told you last week that when I had big musical questions, I would, I would give you a heads up so you'd have time to ruminate and think. Um, and that way our podcast wouldn't have dead air. So that was my goal. <laughs> and yet 
Jeff, I asked you, I asked the two of you to find the the best example of, of an album that has like starts off like a rocket. Three best songs right out of the gate. How many examples did you come up with, Ben Barton? I have three. Okay. I have one, the one that inspired the question, <laughs> which I thought was like a given, like I have the right answer. Ben has three that aren't even from 1978. Yeah. I'd be super curious to find, I can't wait to find out what yours is. Oh dear God. And now I'm nervous. Uh, Jeff, how, how, how many did you get? Okay. So this, uh, I wasted so much time on this. I got your email and I was like, this will be easy. And um <laughs> I had like six iterations and I've got it down to 12, but I'm really struggling Twelve. with how to get, I had a version that was six and then I hated it. And then I got made it bigger. And it, at one point I think I had 19 records on here. It's a mess. I need help. This podcast will help me. And we're talking like each of the three songs is like a awesome song. Not only that, but I decided I only want records where the three songs if all you knew about that band were these three songs you would know just about everything you needed to know about the band oh. then i made a list where it was three songs in a Jesus. row and one of them was the best song ever by that band and that okay. list was too long I, I i put all these guardrails <laughs> and limitations on myself and i'm still like just a convulsing mess oh i put another information. I, I put okay. two more on one is that the entire record has to be great yep and that the three what? songs announce what the record's about with authority. That it just yep. kicks it off. Yep. Yep. Wow. I wouldn't take any of wow. these 12 off with those two guardrails as well. Okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm less sure of mine. Um, oh, I see this. I can't wait to find out what yours is. Right. I well, assumed that you found this question because you found the answer. I did. Anyway, that's, that's correct. Yeah. All right, well, but we'll, the, we'll, we'll but get to that. the fact that you're worried about your answer has me worried. Yeah, man. Tim, you always go last. This time you go first, brother. That's, I agree. Okay. Right that's, that's Tell it to us right now. That, that's it. No, because people need to know what 1978 is all about first. And in order to get to understand 1978, we need to hear the Grammy winner. You're not going to give the people what they want? You're going to hold yeah. out on us? You're, it, you're like building tension? That is yeah. my impossible question. That's a later segment. <laughs> you're the best. That's a later segment. We will not be doing the segments out of order. It's the Grammy winner. Just the Way You Are by Billy Joel. Yeah! Oh, yeah, just rubbing it in from last week. Don't go changing. Is that Don't enough? go changing because I really hate your guts. Right. I stand you. Yep. That is a gracious plenty. I, I was... Uh, Going over last week's podcast, and the <laughs> Billy Joel fight was just an all-timer. I'm so happy. Dude, and also, honestly, when I, I have did that. a bunch of research on The Stupid Stranger, so I knew this was coming. And I oh, knew you did. Okay. Billy Joel lumps again this week. It was oh. our surprise. And I'm not here to defend that song. I promise I'm not here to defend that song. It's I the hardest want... rocking song the Grammys has liked this decade, though. Well, I mean, it is a, no, a modern No, you've got to remember song. Joy to the World in 1970. I forgot about Joy to the World. But this, I mean, this this is like heavy metal compared to the last three before. Oh, it, yeah. Right? Compared yeah. to Send in the Clouds, they were like, dude, it's the disco era. That's <laughs> why we're doing this one. Right. 
I mean, this is a man who sang about masturbation just three albums ago. So this is a big deal for the Grammys. Uh, But the lyric, the lyric that just kills me. You always have my unspoken passion, although I might not seem to care. So that's, that's great. That's great. I don't have to actually do anything in the relationship. I don't want clever conversation. I never want to work that hard. That's Uh, my favorite couplet. Because that's such a side eye insult. So, Billy Joel, congratulations. Way to go, William. You won the Grammy. uh, 1978, also known for the uh, first mobile phone. I think that thing is going to (laughs) take. Sweden bans the sale of what in 1978? Sadly, not ABBA. That would have really helped us all. Uh, By the way, ABBA 3 is in the works, Ben Barton. I saw that today from Variety. Uh, you mean oh, nice. Mamma Mia 3? I'm uh, sorry, Mamma Mia, yeah. Mia 3. Yes, sorry. For sure. Um, ABBA 3 would be much more exciting. Sweden bans the sale of aerosol sprays all the way back oh. in 1978, realizing the damage it was doing. Uh, you had the Camp David Accords, Ben Barton. What were the Camp David Accords? Peace between Israel and Egypt, right there. That's Excellent. part of like number one achievement. Excellent. Um, speaking of number one achievements, Jeff Simons, Jim Davis comes out with a new cartoon <laughs> character. He sure does. And who is sure that cartoon does. character? It is, I believe the original version was called Arbuckle and Friends, but he settled on <laughs> Garfield instead. Um, Garfield the cat comes out in 1978. Oh dear. Garfield gets neutered. Garfield yep. gets old. How many of those? There must be like 150 of those Garfield gets something books, right? Yes. No, they stopped making them, man. It got too grim. Garfield got COVID. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> the last one. Um, gosh. All right. So we've got Star Wars. Awesome. But there was, a, there was another Hollywood story from 1978, which is just awful. And I did uh, my research. How much do you guys know about the Roman Polanski story? Enough to be upset. Yeah, 78 yes. flees the country, right? He flees the country once he hears word through law circles that the judge is actually going to come back with, with real time and not just time served uh, and that he's going to be made an example of. Um, so he takes off as a French citizen he is protected in France from extradition to any other country, even France's allies. So he's been hiding out uh, for a long time. He did get arrested in Switzerland uh, a few years ago, but then the Swiss released him rather than turning him over to the United States. Here's what blew me away about the Roman Polanski story. Do you know who he was married to? Oh, he's married to Sharon Tate. Like, yes. Yeah, no, it's his, it's his house. They get, it's CLO Drive. It's his house. That's who, uh, oh. that's who Manson's kids uh, butchered. Oh, dude, and he's a character. He's, that, he's a character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, which I, I, I finally got to see. Is oh. it good? The movie director guy is Polanski. Yeah. Uh, okay, I got to see this. Uh, it's been on my list. And then the corona hit. Uh, and the family television has been taken over by the Marvel Universe. And it's... Every it's night not is, when you want your younger kids to wander we're in. Not, and see. We're not going to be watching that together. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's uh, transition to the number one hit 
1978. This is going to be a surprise for me too, Ben, because I oh, do I... not remember what I sent Jeff. Oh, this is good stuff. I, 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 full disclosure, I owned this song on the pod. I had no downloading necessary. It's the number one hit. Shadow Dancing by Andy Gibb. I was chasing your direction I was telling you no lies And I was loving you When the words are said Baby, I lose my head And in a world of people There's only you and I There ain't nothing come between us in the end So that's that's not the Bee Gees, right? That's that's the Gibb guy. That's Andy Gibb. Very good. Yeah, okay. I can't uh, believe it's not staying alive. Isn't that right. amazing? Or or La Freak. I mean, it's a little bit sad. Like that song's fine, but I mean, among the the list of the disco bangers that year, that would be yeah late for me. It's weird, isn't it? It's because the um he went through this kind of crazy Sean Cassidy teeny bopper thing, right? It, right. It, but it was number one for almost almost two months. He I mean, didn't was, have a beer. Yeah, no, there wasn't there like a six month period where it was him or the Bee Gees period. Yeah, right. In, on the yeah, 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 crushing it. Uh, that was also uh, the longest uh, clip Jeff has ever played on the fifty. Oh, you have to get to the podcast. I was just trying to get to the chorus. That tells you something about like the seventies, right? You could wait a minute and thirteen seconds to get to the chorus. You could right. have to do that now. Well, with my song, we are going to start thirty seconds in, just trying to. Oh, good! I hope so. Get places. Um, <laughs> all right. I, before I get to the impossible question, I should also note Jim Jones and the uh, suicide Kool Aid Jonestown happens in nineteen seventy eight. Jeff, was he out in the, the Bay Area? Oh, yeah. Look, so Jim Jones is a fascinating figure. He starts the People's Temple in the Tenderloin of San Francisco. And for years, he's an important kingmaker in the city. Like Diane Feinstein owes her political career to right. Jim Jones. So does um, Harvey Milk got elected because of the support of the, of the wow. Jonestown folks. Um, and uh, he was a, a really just a central figure in progressive politics in San Francisco. And when he moved the whole folks to Guyana, to Jonestown, it was not a radical movement at first. Like everybody in San Francisco knew somebody who went there. To, to um, what end? Why did they? Uh, they it... went to start a utopia, to start a, a deracinated utopia, free from the racism and specter of American capitalism and slavery. Uh, and, but I uh, thought he was also being chased down on, on racketeering or fraud. Not yet. Or no, the first no. move was very much a utopian. And then once he was there, he, it was clear that he had started to go a little nuts and the federal government wanted him for, for tax evasion and racketeering. And then when 
they when the San Francisco County supervisors started to get heat from family members, like, hey, we're not hearing from people and this mm-hmm. seems like it might be cultish. And then when Jones wouldn't cooperate or give information, that's when the whole thing went to oh. went to hell. But I mean, like, I, I, I don't want to reveal too much, but I, I taught family members of, of descendants of Jim Jones. Like, wow. I mean, his his family still lives here and there are still, I mean, people I know are one degree of separation from somebody who passed away down there. It's, it's, it was a, it's still, it still casts a shadow for sure. And was it a U.S. congressman who was killed? Yep. Like on on the the tarmac, tarmac. on the tarmac trying to get back. Yeah. And that, so that Jonestown's happened. The the mass suicide at Jonestown happens within two weeks of Harvey Milk being murdered in city hall. That's oh really? The same, that's the same summer moment in San Francisco. The whole city fell apart. That I mean, is nuts. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, yeah, a student of mine did a paper on Harvey Milk and learning more and more about that gunman and, and what a Ron White, yeah. Deranged man he was. It's troubling. All right. Well transition to the impossible question. There is no transition. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on ElectroCast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. ElectroCast. Here's what I ask these two. What is the album you think of if someone says the best three songs to open an album are blankety blank? So when Rick, o, Rick Ocasek passed away the, this past school year and, and my students had no idea who Rick Ocasek was, I'm like, well, look, the cars. And they had no idea who the cars were. So <laughs> we spent a number of classes just listening to the cars and it dawned on me like, what a debut album and what an opening to that album to start with those three songs, not only establishing what the album is all about, but really, uh, is it Elliot Eastman is the guitarist? I think so. Easton, Eastman, um, I think it's Elliot Easton. Those guitar licks are just it's great. awesome. 
Three awesome bangers, stuff. no question. So I was like, oh my gosh, that is the best open three song opening to an album that I could think of. Jeff, are you going to object on your guardrails or should I? What do you mean? Record's not great. Those three, oh, no. No, no. Those three songs are bangers. But it falls off a cliff. Track four and five, and then the side B. Is, my, like, I my, think there's one good song on side B. but uh, The one from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Moving yeah. in stereo. Yeah. Yep. Yep. My son asked me, he's like, how's the rest of the album? I was like, ah. <laughs> ah. Yeah, so I, I had no guardrails. But what about, all right, if you're not, because I don't know what you're going to throw at me next. But what about as far as debut albums go? Dude, I actually thought your 78 was going to be Van Halen, Van Halen. Uh, <laughs> what, are yeah, first, what are the first three on that? I don't, I, eruption and Running with the Devil, I'm pretty sure. I'm Ain't talking about love, Eruption, and Running, from the, running with the Devil, I think. Um, but I would argue that there's an even better first three songs from that year from The Police, Next to You, So Lonely, and Roxanne. That's a good Start, one. That's, that's really a pretty good, good first too. three. Dang, out of the it's gate. Good year for, for uh, and that's a debut record too. So, so the cars guys, might not even the devil be the eruption. You really got me. So the police, Van Halen, and the cars all debut in 1978 and yeah. all come out of the gate strong. All right, but let's let's hear it, Ben. What are your three albums' best openings? All right, so uh, the first one, 1993, Pearl Jam versus. 1991, you mean? Oh, 1993, versus. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Sorry. Versus, Go Animal Daughter. That was on, it was on my list. Shreds pretty hard. Uh, 2013, Kanye West, Yeezus. On-site, Black Skinhead, I Am a God. And uh, that's a crazy record. It doesn't have any of my favorite Kanye West songs on it, but it's the only Kanye West record that is a singular work of art from start to finish. And it's a crazy techno record. And those three songs just kick it right off. Greatest couplet he ever wrote too in a French okay. ass restaurant. Hurry up! Oh with yeah, man, croissant. that's it. I'm a god. That's that's <laughs> yep. song number three for sure. <laughs> Love that. Um, and then Lana Del Rey, Norman fucking Rockwell, 2019. Huge. Norman Tron. fucking Dang. Rockwell, Marriage Apartment Complex, and Venice Bitch, all just back to back to back to launch that record. So good. All right, uh, all right. I gotta get get on my Lana Del Rey info. I. I've heard some songs, haven't listened to a whole album. Yeah, man, that, this, uh, so I, I like her jealous. Let us save, let us save the Lana Del Rey till we, we Good, get fair, to that fair, year. Fair, 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 Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So I, this, it'll, give, it'll give Tim, it'll give Tim 20 or 30 weeks to catch up. So he's not, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. All right, so uh, it's to me. Yeah, just yeah. go to your top five, top five. Yeah, I, I, I won't even do, like, I'll just like. How do you not pick Are You Experienced with Purple Haze, Manic Depression, and Hey Joe, right? How do you not pick Led Zeppelin II with Whole Lot of Love, What Is and What Should Never Be in the Lemon Song? How do you not pick Damn the Torpedoes with Refugee, Here Comes My Girl, and Even the Losers? Like, oh. there's just a bunch of, un how do you not pick OK Computer with Airbag, Paranoid Android, and Subterranean Homesick Alien? How do you not pick Sky Blue Sky with Either Way, You Are My Face, and Impossible Germany? But all of those are not even close to what I would argue is easily the most obvious pick, which is where the streets have no name, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, and with or without you, you two's the Joshua Tree, which I'm pretty Whoa. sure are the three best songs to start a record 
ever. And I'm not a U2 fanatic, but those three songs are undeniable. What? Any one band, but any one of those songs out would be remembered. And the fact that those start the record. Name them again. Name them again. Where the streets have no name. I still haven't found what I'm looking for with or without you. Dang. Yeah. I mean, that is, those are hard to beat. Those that's are really, really hard to beat for a top three to start a record. So that's my, that's my choice is Joshua Tree. See, my problem is I don't do any research. I just say, <laughs> mm, look, point. I would like that shiny thing. Ah, oh, those are good. Now, now I've got some work to do, but uh, the U2, you got me right there, Jeff Simons. I mean, I just remember like hearing that record for the first time and with Street 7 No Name, I was like, boy, that's pretty good. And then yeah. the second one was like, wow, that was pretty good. And then I, I guess With or Without You had been the first single. Right. But I got to, it. I mean, I think I didn't even listen through the end of the first song. I think I picked the needle up and started over after those first three songs. So when we get to that year, I pick a song from that album, not one of those three. Crazy. That's a strong album. That's good. It's a good record. All right. That was our impossible question, uh, which, of course, you I guys do love, however, t I will say Ben's answers. choice. Ben's choice is far more interesting than mine. Picking the Joshua Tree, to quote Jack Black, like picking the Joshua Tree is like picking, right, the Beatles side one, side one. Like it's not a... <laughs> I mean, if I was going to go deep, I had a couple of deep ones, but we'll get to those years and I'll try to get them in the conversation. I mean, I was, I was impressed when he went with Kanye, but then Lana Del Rey, I was like, whoa. Ben keeps Look it Look at the young guy. Ben, Ben's, uh, <laughs> Ben's 50 going on 46. It's impressive. <laughs> Two kinds. Uh, 45 tops. Uh, all right. So uh, invitation to cynicism. Here we go. Um, Jeff Simons, I'm going to have you answer this question and I'll have Ben Barton watch in pain. We're in a wonderful period right now, the last 20 years or so, uh, where the Boston sports scene is just remarkable. Championship after championship, glory after glory, which follows a 20-year period or so where where every television show seemed to be filmed in Boston. And Boston was the hot spot, whether it was Cheers or Ally McBeal or Spencer for Boston Hire. Legal, Boston, Boston Public. Yeah. It went on and on and on. Like, and, and a lot of movies also set in Boston. And, and I would argue that the late 70s. Where are we going with Boston that? was. <laughs> you're, you're still talking about this? In the late 70s, Boston's music scene kind of held sway with, with the cars and Boston. We haven't mentioned the Jay Giles band. Oh my gosh. First of all, you, you're aware that your main competitor is New York City. <laughs> you're not like you're aware of that. So uh, Jeff, wait, just... I'm throwing a challenge flag on that. Hold on. Let him finish. Let him finish. Jeff, the uh, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, you're not going to put the Boston music scene in the late 70s against the New York music scene in the late 70s. <laughs> And also, really? I will happily put the movies and TV shows set in New York against the movies and TV shows set in Boston anytime. Like, you're splitting <laughs> upstream there. Uh, Jeff, the invitation to cynicism <laughs> question. Is Boston actually the second best city in the United States of America? Oh, I'm so glad you threw me the softball. Nothing irritates me more in American life 
than Bostonians who think they grew up in a major city. Boston is a regional, <laughs> regional city at best that finds itself in the national conversation by sheer force of obnoxious will. The question is not, is Boston comparable to New York City? The question is, is Boston comparable to Charlotte, North Carolina? Whoa! Are other, Whoa. Are other <laughs> regional cities... Boston is famous because it's accidentally in a place where colonists were. But it, th- you guys are an insular, inward-facing, navel-gazing, backwards, seawater-swilling, overrated place. Boston drives me crazy with you its think? self-love and self-importance. Well, Don't we, even, you are barking up the wrong know. tree here, my Although, friend. Jeff, Jeff, I think you're oh. going to be harsh. It is nicer than Hartford. <laughs> okay. Boston, I, I tell you what, these podcasts have been running long, so we are going to have to cut some segments. <laughs> and I know which segment we're cutting. Oh, for God's sake. But the Boston music scene, like Boston, that tells you everything you need to know. What did we call our, what should we call our band? Oh. Boston. We are a pretty good college town. Decent college town. Uh, where people come from a far away, imbue it with culture, and then leave. <laughs> Leaving friendlies and the the 59. What's that stupid place called? Like the 69er or the 59? Like there's the 39. There's like a bunch of regional restaurant it, chains that are only the 99. The 99. Necco wafers. What else are you guys weirdly proud of in that, in that place? <laughs> Boston no, drives just, me crazy. Just lost that spot. I have it in for Boston. All right. Well. Unfairly. But I have the feeling that in this podcast, Boston will have the last word. Oh, my goodness that, that, gracious. Uh, let's move on to our three songs. Our three songs. This one's so easy for me. I love this song so much. It's from a record that I absolutely adore. Um, I think I've had a poster of this record on every wall of every house I've ever lived in. Um, I love everything about this record and this song and what this artist was doing in this moment. And even though it's, it's the disco year and my backup pick might be Ben's pick. We'll see. Um, this has nothing to do with disco. In fact, it's a song about being irritated by disco, but I just love it. And it's uh, radio radio by Elvis Costello. Oh! Radio radio by Elvis Costello. Okay. I guess it. So the first Elvis so Costello has um, doesn't have the attractions on it. It's a pickup band. Oh. It's actually Huey Lewis's band, Clover from America, who are over in England trying to really? get a record deal. So it has a kind of a country bandish quality, which is great. I love My Am Is True, but the attractions, 
get hired to, to tour and they go right in the studio after a hundred shows and they just, they're so tight and they're so electric and they, and uh, they're, they're damn fine musicians who know how to push a little bit without taking the song over. And I just think this is model is a, just a terrific record. And radio radio is actually not on the original track listing. He, he released it as a single only. And then the American record company was like, you've got to be kidding me. You're not going to put <laughs> radio radio. So it's on the American version. And now like, you know, and CDs, they just throw everything on there, but I Wait, love radio why, radio. Why wasn't it on it. the album? Well, in England, you, you released singles in, individually and, and it was considered a ripoff to put the single on the record. And so like the Beatles, like some of the Beatles greatest oh. tracks aren't on the British albums, but they were on the American versions. So this, this year's model has got a, a, an English track listing and an American track listing and radio radios like. But isn't um, the whole point of the single to attract you to buy the album? Only in America. In England, it was the thing you put out in between records to keep people interested. Oh, which is now how, which is how it is now, right? With Spotify and right. It's people are now like, here's a mixtape. Now here's three singles. Now here's another mixtape. So right. Always on the, always in the They were ahead of it. It's funny. We're going backwards in terms of the way the business runs, but radio, radio, killer, killer bass, unbelievable drums, perfect songwriting. I just love it. He's got, I want to bite, I want to bite the hand that feeds me. I want to bite that hand so badly. I love okay, that. Okay. <laughs> He's got an album in 77, an album in 78. An what? album in 79 and 80 and 81, two and 81 and 82 and 83. Holy cow. Two and 84 and two and 86 before he, uh, the attractions and he part ways. Wow. Is that one of the most prolific songwriting periods? Yeah, it's up there. I mean, it's Beatles level production after the Beatles, which most bands don't even try to do. Right, right. All right. Good selection. Good choice for 78. Ben Barton, what do you got? I had a very hard time this year. And uh, I ran through So Lonely. Yeah, yep. that's a good one. The yeah. why I knew those records so well is I did My Best Friend's Girl. Yeah. Uh, uh, Beast of Burden was the strong. Oh, yeah. I thought that might be it. Instead, I'm choosing not a song that begins an era, but a song that ends an era. Ooh. Okay. And uh, it's You Got That Right, Leonard Skinner. Interesting. Okay. You Got That Right by Leonard Skinner. for the show got that right for sure <laughs> so that's i uh i went through a huge leonard skinner phase in high school and then leonard in brooklyn fully uncool and i gave up on them and then if for my exercise mix i was looking through the songs that i play at this stupid poker game that i also do the djing for oh, <laughs> this nice. was the song and i put on the exercise mix as a joke and then the more i listened to it the more i loved it and here's why this song is basically, it's the last single for Leonard Skinner. 
It's released after the plane crash. Okay. And it's a distillation. It's like the hard boiled where they've gotten rid of everything that's useless about their sound and they've distilled it just to this one three minutes and 40 seconds song. It's got the beautiful slide guitar. It's the, the lyrics are laughably straightforward. And <laughs> there's a song called The Breeze that's the exact same song. And there's a song called Freebird that's the exact same song. And there's like five other literature. <laughs> I like to drive around. I can't stay. I also like to drink and fight. I'm like, okay, okay. thanks. You captured it all in one like nice little nugget here for you. Um, so yeah, and there's just something like uh, so tight the songwriting in this. Um, and the guitar work is amazing. I just love this one. Well, I don't like to talk, I don't like to talk smack about Ben's choices because they're always interesting, but um, I cannot believe this is your pick for 1978 considering <laughs> what you have available. If nothing else, like if you're not gonna pick Beast of Burden, how is Miss You not your pick? I mean, Miss You is, I, it was really hard for me to pick Radio Radio over, over Miss Wait, You. That's the yeah, perfect. Give me Miss You. I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, this is the best rock disco groove, and it's not even close. I mean, these guys are killing it. Oh. It's a great song. And I happen to think, like... So, Jeff, do you know why? Do you want to know the actual reason why? I do. What's my favorite song on that record? On Some Girls? Yeah. Uh, it's Beast of Burden. It's, oh, no, it's Before They Make Me Run. It's Before They Make Me Run. I, and, and so, like, basically, I was really weirded out by that. I was like, oh, I can't choose. Like, that's definitely... I, I chose Vienna as the song of the year for last year. I definitely couldn't choose, like, the weird Keith song on this record. <laughs> the matter is, that's the song... If I, if I go back to that record, that's the one I listen to. I, that's my favorite song on the record. Okay. Do Beast of Burden or Miss You. And, Interesting. And if you're going to choose Miss You, like, if you're going to choose a... a I would have chosen... Uh, Staying Alive, like that's the song that announces it with, or, or uh, one of the Blondie songs, like one way or another. Um, like a yeah. song that announces the future way more, even than Miss You. Miss You is a reflection on what's happened already. I think you miss you. I mean, I, I'm talking out of my, my hat here, but Miss You's the last time the Stones sound current and sound great at the same time. Like Miss You's the last time the Stones were oh, able no, to man. respond to the moment. Start but that's up. a 74. That's, that's a... That's not a new wave song. I mean, no, I'm but, saying like that the Stones are like, whoa, disco's popular. We should make a disco song. Like the Stones have tried to stay current. They've used auto-tune. They've used DJs. They've used scratching. It's a disaster. But <laughs> Miss You is a better disco song than most disco songs. Charlie gets that thing. He's got it, that, that BPM and that beat just figured out. I love that song. I think it's, it's I don't, I don't, I don't think it's backwards what, facing was at that all. Your, was that your backup, Jeff? Yeah, that's it my was. number two. And it you was. like, you like, you got that right more than I know a little. Oh, yeah, for sure. Dude, okay. I, like, I, I love you got that right. Okay. Um, I, I say, I added it as a joke, but then the joke's like, just, I just came to love it. That's I actually love that. I love when the joke, it becomes the joke that consoles. I love that. So <laughs> no, great. for sure. And actually the funny thing is like, you know, whatever, it's Southern rock. And so that's super problematic. I get that. I did not choose Sweet Home Alabama. Um, that being said, thank I, you. it's not bad advice. Like, uh, I like to drink and dance all night. Those are things I actually like to do. <laughs> and then if it comes to a fix, I'm not afraid to fight. Like that's maybe a little aggressive for me, but it's not like I'm starting a fight. 
it's coming to a fix. I'm like, oh, this is, this is a version of toxic masculinity that's, you know, not the end of the world. That's actually not, that's true. I'm trying to think yeah. of Leonard Skinner who has like it. a, if all of his songs fit that, like, I mean, oh, Call Me the Breeze. They have a like, special song and they have that smell. They have some, like, the funny thing is that. Um, they have it, a song called That Smell, by the way, which still makes me <laughs> laugh every time I hear it. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> right, but that's an anti-drug song. I mean, the funny thing is that for the 70s in the South, they were a progressive act. They were yeah. played a Carter benefit. Um, and uh, the, that's how much things have shifted, is that now yeah. they're adopted by on the conservative side. No, if you really, I mean, the, the version of, of Leonard Skinner that's unforgivable is the Marshall Tucker band. Like, yeah. can't you see? Like, that's hard to, Will had that playing on his iPod I, the other night. I, yeah, I Marshall love... Tucker band's Can't You See? And I was like, what is that? He's like, I came up because I liked <laughs> I something love... else. I'm like, you got to shut that down right now. Like that. I love the Marshall Tucker band. So oh great. All right. Well, gentlemen, good, good stuff for 1978. Um but yeah, at eight years old, I was coming into my own. Uh, I, I could do the Red Sox lineup batting style uh, for each of the nine players in their lineup. I mean, I, I was all over it. I was all over the music scene. Um, these, were, these were heroes to young Bostonians like myself. Marvin Hagler was like this local hero that like we hung on to as like our he's our boxer. The cars are our band. And we also had a disco queen in Boston. Her name was Donna Summer. Last Dance by Donna Summer. Last dance. It's from, hot the thank, from the Thank God It's Friday soundtrack. I don't know if you oh, remember that disco movie. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking there's there's an outside chance that disco is not going to make it into our three songs. And I yes. felt that that would be uh, a horrible oversight on our part. So Donna Summer saves the day with one of my favorite disco songs. Objections? Uh, I'm only your choice of disco song. I mean, this is La Freak is from '78, which would have yeah, been my was, choice, yeah. I think. And also, oh. what year is Hot Stuff? That's my favorite. That's the next year, and Hot Stuff is her best song by a mile. It's '79 though, but Hot Stuff is a killer. That Go, song. What's Hot Stuff? Ass. Go. Uh, she crushes this. Yeah. yeah. And off the high 
great. This is gonna keep and the guitar part. How about that yeah. that that rock guitar part? Love oh, it. It's so great. This is gonna keep happening. The uh, artists are gonna die, and we're gonna have to go in the classroom and teach, and our heads will be spinning. Like this happened when Donna Summer passed away, and I was teaching, and the kids had no idea who Donna Summer was. I was like, all right, I guess we're not teaching literature today because we're just gonna play Donna Summer for the next. 40 minutes. I did it with the cars this year. It's going to keep happening. You played 40 minutes of Donna no, Summer? No, I'm exaggerating. But I did. We did have a good. I, I actually will say, though. Like, I actually made everybody get up and dance. We did have a 10-minute dance party, and that, that was pretty funny. That is pretty fun. You can't really have a 10-minute dance party to the cars unless you're doing that, like, little weird new wavy thing, you know? Like. Um, That's a good I, choice. I can't. I don't begrudge the last dance. Donna Summer is... Um, I really find her interesting because, like, when she first broke in, it was with Giorgio Moroder, the German guy, and her songs. It's like she invent. They kind of invent techno, don't you think? With "I Feel Love" and "Love to Love You, Baby," like that electronic music kind of develops, uh, and the songs that people don't know as well. And then I think she looked around and was like, "Why am I not making a lot of money singing disco songs?" And then was able to transition. Huh. But she's a, she's an interesting artist. All right, things things we need to cover in future podcasts. Uh, so we've already got. I, I need I need Ben to talk about guitar techs. Uh, so we'll get to that when we get into a little more Van Halen. Um, I need to. Understand- oh, by the way, eruption. I meant to, eruption was on the list. Yeah. Okay. Um, I need to understand genres better. Like what defines punk? What defines new wave? What defines pop? Okay. Not tonight. Um, and then I also want to have a conversation about craft work, craft, crafts work, craft work, which is like, I thought it was like some sort of catering, uh, business <laughs> craft services, <laughs> but apparently they keep coming up in the late seventies. Should we do up- a whole, we should do a whole German <laughs> rock art rock mini lesson for, for I, I will, I will take the Falco and can I'll take Falco craft work. Yes, Falco's the kind of where it all ends up. You're right. <laughs> With the commissar. <laughs> and Jeff, you actually, like, you're really, you can, you're not going to, like, make fun of craft work. Like, there's some craft work you actually like. Um, no, I mean, I, I might make fun of them a little bit. I, I get why it matters, and uh, is, I find it interesting for a couple minutes, but no, I don't, like, I don't sit around, like, you know what this moment needs is a little craft work, like. Whenever right, it's on. I'm not, I, like, uh, I'm the wrong person to talk to. They suck. I hate them. People who like them can kiss my ass. Like, they're <laughs> But there's no hip-hop without them. Like, Trans-Europe Express is the background of, of, like, the first 20 hip-hop tracks. No way, man. You'll find out in 79 the background for those hip-hop tracks. Whoa. Yeah. This is African Bombada and Grandmaster Flash. They all use this track. This is Crafter. Don't push me because I'm close uh, to the. It's the same. It's really? later in that same track. Yeah. All I know is I was playing uh, an artist the other day and a Kraftwerk song came up and it was 20 minutes long. I was like, dear God, I was trying to do Yeah, Audubon. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> 20 minutes? I don't have time for that. All right, fellas. Says, ben, the, says the man who hosts a 45 minute podcast ben, every week. You go back to your, uh, your vacation. Uh, Jeff, 
You go back to hunkering down. I'm just going to close the computer and stare off into the middle distance as usual until you call me again next week. Thanks for listening to 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Look us up on Twitter and leave us a note. Welcome, explorers of the human experience. This is Let's Talk Soul, and I'm your host, Claudia Monticelli. We're not afraid of the great mysteries of existence here. Soul versus consciousness, we're on it. Spirituality versus science, we've got that covered too. Join us in navigating these profound topics with wisdom, curiosity, and a dash of audacity. Whether you're a spiritual veteran or just starting your journey, Let's Talk Soul is your passport to the unknown. Let's Talk Soul, diving into the depths of the human spirit. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a working professional wondering what's next for your career, you've come to the right place. Whether you're looking for a promotion, growth, or a potential career transition, look no further. With over 30 years working in a variety of industries, I share my insider knowledge with those ready to get ahead on Career Advancement with Craig Ansell. Tune in to get your strategies for success. Electric Acid.